Welcome to the Venture Church Podcast of Venture Church in South Mississippi. Find out more about us at VentureChurch.org. Would you pray with me, please? Father in heaven, we thank you today that you're a good God. And Father, today we can call you Father, and we can say you're a good, good Father. And so, Father, I pray today that you would speak to our hearts. I know we got a lot of things on our minds. I know there's a lot going on, but God, we want to have a moment where we hear a word not from me, but from you. So we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Hey, I'm so glad you guys are here at all of our campuses. And let me start by saying Happy Father's Day. And today I'm preaching from a book written by a, what I call a mad dad. Can you believe that, a skeptic? I mean, this book is written by a guy who had kids, and uh, he kind of looks back on his life, and he gives some one-liners. Uh, did your dad ever do one-liners? You know, like, uh, it is what it is. I mean, the one-liners kind of stick in your mind, you know, and every dog has its day. Uh, hey, this is not a, a dad bod. This is a father figure. Okay, I, that was a new. Okay, all right. I'm sorry. That's too early. But, but you had those one-liners, and 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 Solomon had some one-liners in the book of Ecclesiastes. And he's going to say today, and this this may be, I hate to do this, but one of the most important messages I've ever preached. Because the first time in my whole life, I've realized that I've been looking at my dad through a lens of Ecclesiastes under the sun. And you say, well, well what does that look like? Well, it looks like three things. One is performance. You know, how's the things performing under the sun? Pleasure. You know, what, what makes me feel good under the sun? And, and what's practical the here and now under the sun and I really looked at my dad through the years through that lens where like, hey, you need to perform, you know, you need to make our family better and the world better. Uh, pleasure, you need to make my life more enjoyable, practical, you, you need to pay for stuff that I need, you know, I need a car, I need to go to college. And I'm finding today for the first time that maybe I have looked at life under the sun with regard to my father in the wrong way. So Ecclesiastes chapter 9, you won't hear this message anywhere else in the whole world. Because when I was kind of working through this, I was like, there's no way this works. I mean, I'm looking at these passages, I'm like, this is kind of complicated because you're looking at words under the sun and I want to connect them so that you can see at the end of the message, your father above the sun. Okay, you with me? Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 1. So I reflected on all this and concluded that the righteous and the wise and what they do are in God's hands. But no one knows whether love or hate awaits them. All share a common destiny, the righteous and the wicked, the good and the bad, the clean and the unclean, those who offer sacrifices and those who, who do not. As it is with the good, so it is with the sinful under the sun. As it is with those who take oaths, as those who are afraid to take them. This is the evil in everything that happens under the sun. The same destiny overtakes them all. The hearts of people, moreover, are full of evil. There is madness in their hearts while they live, and afterward they join the dead. 
Anyone who is among the living has hope. And even, here's a one-liner from a dad, even a live dog's better than a dead lion. Verse 13. I also saw under the sun this example of wisdom that greatly impressed me. There was once a small city with only a few people in it, and a powerful king came against it, surrounded it, built huge siege works against it. And now there lived in the city a poor man, but who was wise, and he served the city by his wisdom, but nobody remembered the poor man. So I said, wisdom is better than strength, but the poor man's wisdom is despised, and his words are no longer heeded under the sun. The quiet words of the wise are more to be heeded than the shouts of a ruler of fools. Wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroys much good. You're like, what are you going to get out of that? I mean, wouldn't you, would you love to have my job? I mean, it takes, take a chapter like that and bring that into Father's Day. I've never done this before. Uh, but I'm going to give you a checklist for dads and how to honor your dad. So I want you to walk with me because I've always kind of come at dads. You better tighten up. You better tighten up. And this year, for the first time in 30 years of preaching, I'm going to say instead of tighten up, hey, you may want to lighten up about your dad. Listen to this. Stop basing the quality of your life based on the quality of your dad. Man, you, you, you need to, you're like, oh, wait a minute, what, what are you, you're, 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 you're going the opposite direction that you always go. Yeah, I am, because I've always looked at my dad under the sun. I've, I've always reduced life to a formula where, where if I had this kind of dad, A, and this kind of mom, B, I would have this kind of life, C. Enneagrams love that. Like if you're number one, like you've got it all down, Pat, you have a sense of justice and, and how things ought to work. And you're like, hey, the reason I've not done better with my life is I had a really bad family and, and my dad wasn't right and my mom wasn't right. And, and this is what Solomon says. He says in verse 11, you need to remember the race is not always to the swift and victory is not always to the strong. Here's the thing I've realized after 30 or 40 years of ministry, dads are human. Dads make mistakes. Dads are flawed. My dad had me when he was 18 years old. He grew up in a family of four. He was the youngest of four. They, they didn't know his dad. His dad died tragically when he was really young. He grew up in the Depression. And I realized from my dad's point of view, sometimes life doesn't work out the way you planned. And sometimes our dads, they did the best they could. Here's the reality, and I know you're not going to like this because I don't like it. But, but here's the reality of what I have seen with regard to families. Let me give you a family formula that's going to blow your mind. I have seen kids that have had the best dads in the world be terrible people. Someone goes, yeah, that's, that's the way that works. I mean, I mean you, you can't do ABC in, in, under the sun because you, you, don't, you, don't, you don't get it. I've seen kids who've had really, dad, dads are really difficult. They're pillars of the community. I've seen kids who didn't know who their dads were own billion-dollar companies. At the end of the day, you, you need to lighten up. Because your dad could never be perfect. 
I grew up having to work, and you know, I was, man, I was, I've been mad my whole life. I didn't realize that until recently. A little therapy will help you with that. And, uh, I was in Foodway working my way through school because my parents were, you know, getting a divorce and broke, and we were poor. I had a, I had a car, I had a white car with a green door that wouldn't open on the driver's side. Now, does that tell you how, how, how poor I was? I was working at Foodway, I was 14 or 15 years old, and I was back in the back, and I was stocking groceries, and I was griping. I can't believe all my friends got a new LTD. That's when the new LTDs came out. And I got this beat of car, my parents, and I had a truck driver, the key, he dropped, I mean, like a whole, I don't know what it was, a whole box just dropped. And I can't tell you exactly what he said. But the version was, your dad and mom don't owe you anything, boy. And it stopped me in my tracks. He said, the sooner you learn that, the better off you'll be. I went, whoa, I thought he owed me a lot under the sun. I thought he owed me a perfect life. I thought he owed me being at everything I did. I thought he owed me a pleasurable experience. I thought he owed me paying for my schooling. No, maybe it's time to lighten up. And instead of speaking up, maybe it's time for you and I to listen up. And this is what Solomon says, and it kind of flows out. He goes, you, you, you know, he says, I want to tell you, like, here, here's a live dog's better than a dead lion. You're going, what does that mean? He's got another one liner in the next chapter. You know, money's the answer to all your problems. Here's what he's talking about. He's saying, you know, you know there, there are times when, when you look at your life and you go, I, you know, I, my life has been so bad. It's better to be a live dog, have low expectations. Dogs in the Old Testament were like wild boars that you shoot and kill. He, he said, you know, you know, some of you, like you, you're so upset about your past. You go, I'll just, I'll just, it's better to be a, a, a live dog than to be a noble lion. And, and, and you're going, is that true? No, that's not true. God has made you for more. L listen up to what God says about you in the Bible. He says, I've got you. You're a son and daughter of the Lord. Not just I'll get by. Not, not that if I just had more money and my parents made more money, then I would have been this or that. No. Listen, stop living your life as a reaction to the things that happened to you in your past. Where you're saying, now nah, I'll just get by. I'll just, for some of you, you live in a reaction. I did this for years. Maybe your dad worked too much. You're like, well, I'm not going to work. Maybe your dad didn't work and produce, so you work really hard. And maybe there were things that happened in your family, and, and yeah, you're not like them, but you're reacting against them. It says, hey, listen up, that God has a new plan for your life. It doesn't matter about your past, He's got your future. Thirdly, instead of putting your dad down, maybe you want to lift him up occasionally. I know that doesn't make sense to you because you think, he doesn't need that. He doesn't need encouragement. I mean, dads are like old shoes. You just, they're made of rubber. You just kick them around. I mean, I mean, mom's day, we'd get them roses and cards. Dad's day, we'd get them socks that they paid for. You know I'm telling the truth. Maybe you need to look for something good in your dad's life, something positive. You go, well, if I'd had Solomon's dad, you know who his dad was? King David. His mother was Bathsheba, the wife of Uriah. You, you think Solomon had a perfect dad? 
And so Solomon tells a story, and I love this. He goes, there was a city, and, and the city was a small city, and the city was besieged by this army, and they put siege works against it, and, and they were about to destroy the city, kill all the people, take all their loot, and there was a poor man, but he was wise. And through his wisdom, and I don't know what he did, I don't know what he said, but, but he wasn't wealthy, he didn't have any influence, he wasn't a, an elected official, he was just a poor man. But his wisdom saved the city, he saved the day. And, and he served the day, and he didn't ask for, for a, a day of recognition. He, he, he just did what he, what he does, okay? And for some of your dads, they were like that. They never finished school. They didn't have a 401k. They were never popular. They made you work. They made you drive a beater car. You didn't get a silver spoon. You got a boot. And maybe today on Father's Day, you want to stop and thank them. Find something in their life that you look back on and go, hey, that was something good. Hey, hey, I want to thank you for that right there. I still remember that. You say, well, how do you do that? Well, instead of looking down, maybe you need to look up. That's the point of Ecclesiastes. Look up above the sun. Your earthly father is only a shadow of your heavenly father. I mean, the reason you expected so much from your father is that God made you to need a father in your life. The problem is any father you get on this earth is not going to fulfill all of your hopes and dreams and wishes. The father you've been looking for your whole life is up there. Because there was another poor man who was wise who saved the world, who served the world, who said, everything I do, I do it for my father. He, he said, if, if, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men and women, boys and girls, to my father. Jesus points to the only father we will ever need. Do you know the one time that um, Jesus didn't use the term father in the whole Bible? This is so cool. Thank you for giving me time to study and read and listen. And because, man, I just, I'm learning so many things. The only time that Jesus didn't use the term father was when he was on the cross. You know what he said instead of father? Do you remember what he said? He said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He was forsaken so that you could be remembered. He was forgotten by God so that you could be a son or daughter of God. God said in Isaiah chapter 49, will a mother forget her nursing child? She may, but I won't forget you. you, you you've got a father that loves you more than you've ever imagined. You, you've got the only father that you've always really needed. You've got a father, and I want you to get this. You've got a father that's been trying to speak to you through all the things that are happening in your life, and you kind of know that he's there. You kind of know he's trying to communicate with you. He's bringing things into your life, not, not to point you to your earthly father, because, listen, at best, he can die. 
Even if he's amazing, he can die. He's pointing you to your heavenly father, the father that you've always needed. Listen to what Revelation 2.17 says. Revelation 2.17 says this, and I love this. It says, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who's victorious, he's talking about believers. I'll bring out the good food. I'll bring out the, the new wine. But here's where it gets personal. When you get to heaven, he says, I'll bring out the white stone. This got your real name on it. My pet name for you. Oh, you've got a dad. You've got a dad. No, I said, no, I got it. No, my dad. No, 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 no. You got a dad. And he's not holding out on you. He's giving you the best stuff now. And he has, listen, he has stored away the finest of the manna, the new wine. And when you walk into heaven, one of the first things you will hear is simply this. You'll hear your name. The name you've always been really known by. The name your father gave you before the creation of the world. So stop holding on and let go. I know that's hard. We're going to give you a chance at the end to deal with some of this because, I, look, you're talking to a guy that uh, I'm big on justice and fairness and rightness and fatherhood, and I'm, I'm big on that. But, may, hey, maybe today on this, this Father's Day, it's time to let your dad off the hook for not being everything you wanted him to be. The fact that your dad is human, the fact that your dad is broken, that Ecclesiastes 12, 13, it's not just the word to reverence God and, and it's our duty, but, but the fact that you get to know God as your father, the father that you've always needed. And, and lastly, here it is, in, instead of walking away, Walking away from your dad, man, I get that. Walking away from your past, I get that. Maybe you need to let yourself back into his life. Not, not from a point of weakness and need, but strength and purpose. And, and if maybe your, your, your dad has passed and, and he passed and you had all kinds of frustrations, maybe it's time to let that go. To realize that, that your earthly dad was never going to measure up. Because you were made to need a heavenly father that was perfect. And when you have a perfect father, listen to me. Your dad doesn't have to be perfect anymore. If you have a perfect father that is trying to speak to you and trying to talk to you and you're trying to hear his voice and you're reading his word and you go, hey, I've got my father. I've got a great father. I've got a perfect father. Then you can come back into your father's life who wasn't perfect, who had all these problems and you come from a point of strength and you come from a point of encouragement and maybe you've not lived long enough yet to get there, but you can get there where you come back into his life and you want to help him because every dad needs to know he's not a bum. Every dad needs to know that his kids are rooting for him. 
Because for most dads, we didn't know what we were signing up for. <laughs> and it's hard. And maybe you need to give us a break. Be the best Father's Day gift you could give your dad. Say, hey, Dad, I love you. Not, hey, I forgive you for all those times you didn't come to my games. No, that's, don't, that's ignorant. Just, just you and God, we're going to give you a chance at the end to begin to deal with some of those father wounds. But there comes a time where you let it go. And then you really know you're being healed when you let yourself back in. Tim McGraw, we all know Tim McGraw. Tim, we know his wife, Faith. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> uh, the fact that his uh, mom was 18 when his dad got her pregnant in high school. He was traveling, playing baseball. One encounter, he got her pregnant. And there's Tim. And he finds out at 11, hey, my dad's not Smith. It's, it's McGraw. And it's Tug McGraw. And it took him years and years and years. Tug McGraw said, that's not my son. That's not my kid. That's not, he's nothing to me. And at 17 and 18, they begin to talk. And at the end of Tug McGraw's life, Tim took him in when he had cancer and nursed him and loved him and cared for the very man who would not even acknowledge that he was his son. Whoa. How do you do that? Look above the sun. This Father's Day, you begin to say, you know what? I, I, I want to develop a relationship with my father. My, my only father that can be perfect, the only father I've ever really needed, that my father here was just a shadow of what I was really looking for in my father who is God, who is trying to speak to me every single day. Now, now we're going to do something. I've got a, a song. It'll be played at all of our campuses online. and It's to help bridge what I'm saying with reality when you leave here. That, that you realize that when you leave here, that your heavenly Father is trying to speak to you. The general revelation of our Father is, is a sunset. A general revelation of our Father is Him speaking to you to, toward, with regard to the things in your life. That you go, wow, that's amazing. Wow, that's incredible. Wow, that's a great meal. Wow, that, that's a great friend. Wow, I had a baby. Wow, I had a grandbaby. He's trying to speak to you and say, give your dad a break. And train your ear to listen to your heavenly Father. Would you do something? Would you do some business with, with God during this time? If you want to come down here, you know, or if you want to come and pray, or if you want to know where you are, or if, if you want to stay where you are, if you want to just kind of have a moment where it's nobody else, there's no lunch, there's nothing else going on, just you and God, where you do business, where you say, hey, I want to have God as my Father. I want to listen to you, get to know you. I want to hear you every day so that I can build a relationship with you so I can let my broken Father off the hook. Let this soak in. I can hear it in the crackle of a bonfire I can hear it in the middle of the ocean water Oh, I just can't explain But it makes me want to cry And I can hear it when the rain falls on my windowsill 
on a playground where children's laughter lives. Oh, I can't explain, but it makes me want to cry. And I can hear it in the busy New York City streets. And I can hear it in the country Georgia fields of green. Oh, I can't explain, no. But it makes me want to cry Sounds like grandmama Telling you where you come from Said it's kind of like laughter Out of the mouths of your loved ones Or catching up with an old friend Reminiscing on back when It's like the summertime sprinkler Street side with my ice cream cone Said it sounds like a choir Singing hymns, hallelujah, it's the voice of God, yeah, it can make a grown man cry. I can hear it on the wind of an early morning, when the fog is getting thick and the birds are chirping, oh, it's something I can't explain, no, but it makes me want to cry. I can hear it in the hush of a midnight hour When I'm alone in my room if I'm going under Oh, I just can't explain, no But it brings me back to life It's like the sound of a newborn baby crying Yeah, it's like the final breath of a loved one passing Oh, it's a beautiful thing, yeah Cause it leads me to the light It's like a driving movie Small town with a big screen Like grilling out in the front yard Sometimes it's just simple things Like storytelling with my grandpa he was so easy to believe Like when the sun it goes up, yeah Sometimes it's better when the sun comes down Cause that's just something about the moonlight And it can make you feel alright Oh, it's the voice of God, yeah It can make a grown man cry Yes it can, yes it can It's the voice of God can make a grown man cry. Thank you for joining us for the Venture Church Podcast. To find a campus near you, check out VentureChurch.org.